What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is a different but special episode today. It's with uh, Nobody Caribou on Twitter, uh, first name Nick. And he is one of the Bitcoiners on the ground uh, at the trucker convoy in Ottawa. And he's been uh, publishing and sharing a lot of information on Twitter, giving us a real sense of what's going on, counter to the uh, false misleading mischaracterization coming from the mainstream media. And I thought it would just be uh, great to have him come on and discuss what he's seeing on the ground through the lens of a Bitcoiner, someone who's having conversations with all of these freedom-loving people about freedom money, and of course to get some insight on what's been going on with the uh, Bitcoin fundraiser. So as you may know, GoFundMe froze the $9 million that had been contributed from people all over the world for the Freedom Convoy. They froze it, and now I believe they're processing uh, refunds or returns to people that had uh, made contributions, which is obviously horrendous, but it, obviously, but it also speaks to the importance and utility of something like Bitcoin that nobody can stop. And so a bunch of Canadian Bitcoiners got together to begin raising money through a website called uh, TallyCoin, which I wasn't familiar with before, but basically they've set up a multi-signature scheme between them all, and they're uh, collecting Bitcoin donations right now or, or receiving Bitcoin donations. They're up to 300 million sats, which is three Bitcoin uh, in the last four days, which is you know uh, over 100,000, nearly 200,000 Canadian dollars, I think, or close to that. And so if you're interested in First of all, if you're interested in contributing to that, go to uh, the Twitter handle Honk Honk Hodl. So H-O-N-K-H-O-N-K-H-O-D-L. Make sure it's the right one. There's a shitload of scammers on Twitter and they'll change the L to a capital I to make it look like <clears throat> it's the same account, but they'll host a different address and they'll try to scam you out of your Bitcoin. So be very careful when making these donations. Double and trickle, triple check that it's the right account uh, before you send anything. And the, the TallyCoin URL link is, on, uh, is, is linked in the Hong Kong HODL Twitter handle, or tw Twitter account bio. Um, I'm not a big breaking news, you know, uh, current events sort of podcast or a content creator, but I just felt based on what was happening and how special it was and how much of an expression of freedom and respect and love and courage it was and happening in my my home country of Canada um, and knowing that there were some Bitcoiners on the ground trying to help and support in any way they can. I thought it justified having a conversation with one of them. And, uh, you know, unsurprisingly, Nick just turns out to be an awesome dude. I'm not going to do a long uh, ad read for this episode, but I do just want to thank the sponsors of the show. CoinKite, if, if you're not custodying your own Bitcoin, you should be. If you're a trucker listening to this, once you get your hands on some material amounts of Bitcoin, you do want to be taking self-custody of that. And the cold card hardware wallet that CoinKite supplies and makes is one of the gold standard options in the industry. So I highly recommend you check them out at CoinKite.com, C-O-I-N-K-I-T-E.com. And of course, if you're looking to buy Bitcoin in Canada, Bull Bitcoin is the place to do it. A phenomenal company led by hardcore Bitcoiners and they don't hold on to your money. So it does actually go right from buying it into your either hot wallet, if it's a small amount on the app that you may have downloaded recently, or into deep cold storage with something like the cold card hardware wallet. And if this is all very intimidating to you, that same company, Bull Bitcoin, has a service called bitcoinsupport.com. If you need someone to hold your hand or to give you some guidance as you get everything set up, that's what this service is all about. They help you make sure it's all done properly from buying the Bitcoin to making sure it's stored for possibly generations to come. So check out bitcoinsupport.com. And finally, for all Bitcoiners all over the world and hopefully some of the truckers uh, that are currently in Ottawa, hopefully by April 6th, they'll have been victorious and have brought freedom back to Canada and hopefully other places around the world were inspired to do the same. April 6th to the 9th in Miami is the Bitcoin 2022 conference. Uh, it's going to be incredible. It's when Bitcoiners come together to celebrate these principles of freedom and truth and openness and honesty and community. And it's just an amazing time to meet other people that feel the same way as you and celebrate this emerging phenomenon and culture. There's going to be a music festival attached to it. It's called the Sound Money Fest. 
Steve Aoki and Logic are going to be headlining. So that should be super fun. It's on Miami Beach at the Miami Beach uh, Convention Center. So whether you're new to Bitcoin or you've been in Bitcoin for a long time, it really is a tremendous way to get to meet other like-minded individuals and contribute to this growing movement. Uh, if you'd like 10% off your ticket, use the code RAPIDFIRE at checkout. Let's do it. All right. We're live. Powerful. Nick, what's up, man? How you doing out there? <laughs> I'm holding it. I'm, I'm holding it together. Um, it's chilly today, but you know, the one thing about Canadians is we are very resilient. And uh, if there's one group of people that can do an outdoor show of force in winter, it's Canadians. So we got this. Man, uh, I don't know where to start. I mean, first of all, I guess thanks are in order. You know, uh, you've been feeding us a lot of information on Twitter. You've been coordinating a lot of things. You've been making the case for Bitcoin, helping uh, get Bitcoin donations to the truckers. And it did, you know, with uh, coordination with, I think, BTC Sessions and Greg Foss and some other uh, good Bitcoiners up there in Canada. So Thank you, man, because this is, you know, especially as a Canadian, I'm sure everyone around the world just feels like this is their fight, too, because, you know, it's a fight for freedom and, and that applies everywhere. Uh, but as a Canadian, you know, it's especially hits home, you know, and uh, if I was in the country, I would definitely be there on the ground with you. But, you know, I, uh, I made the decision that things were getting a little too dark earlier on and, and decided to leave. But thank you for, for everything you're doing. And why don't you just tell me, like, What's it been like? How did you get involved in this and, and then bring us up to speed today? Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you. Like one thing I'm realizing when I go around and originally I was really thanking truckers and the truckers were thanking me. And I was like, why are you thanking me? I, this is my backyard. This is the least I can do. But what I'm gradually realizing is that every single person that does something like this gives their platform to have to share the truth about what's going on. Every person that was on an overpass greeting the convoy with Canadian flags, every little kid that wrote a message for a trucker, every grandmother that baked muffins for the truckers, everyone is responsible for making this happen. And everyone is essentially emerging as a hero in their own way, right? Not one person can't do everything. Everyone can do something. You're doing something. Francis is in Costa Rica. Francis Pouliot, he's doing something by helping us on the Bitcoin end. So everyone has a role to play. Everyone can help. And when we get this emergent coordination of everyone stepping up and doing whatever they can, that's how we win. Um, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, everybody, everyone can do something, right? And, and it's so right. awesome to see that the, the, the sheer value that people place on truth, honesty, freedom is just coming out of the woodworks now. And all it, you know, all it takes is, well, maybe not a little spark, but like, you know, people, other people to, to recognize the importance of this and put themselves their livelihood their careers their reputation their social status whatever on the line to to show and to say that this is of the utmost importance to them and then everyone gets emboldened and more people pile on and more people want to contribute and do something and it's like you know we're really this seems like it's really something here you know like this is a a global revolution type event at least in the making yeah i mean this you know this started with a group of canadian truckers uh that were fed up and essentially said no and said, we're going to go to the doorstep of our, our politicians and we're going to stay there until they come out and address us. And we're going to tell them what the Canadian people want. Um, and it really has seemingly transcended truckers. Um, it's transcended Ottawa. It's transcended Canada actually now. And it's pretty incredible, right? Like some, we have this tally coin donation thing going and you can write a message when you donate and people are donating like hundred sats, 200 sats. And I read through some of the messages and they're very powerful, John, because there was one that said, uh, support for freedom from a doctor in Nigeria. There were people in Russia, people in from literally all over the world. And they're helping by sending a fraction of a fraction of a penny. And I think what they're really helping is with the message that they write, because what I'm realizing is that Truckers are masters of coordination and logistics. They have the diesel on lock. There is more food in Ottawa right now than people can actually eat because we're being overwhelmed by donations. Um, we have semi-truck trailers that are essentially large-scale freezers that are holding grocery stores worth of food. Anyone can walk in and take what they need. Homeless people are coming and they're filling their backpacks up and that's exactly what it's for. But what I'm realizing is that on the logistics ends of keeping the trucks fueled, the heaters going with propane and foods and bellies, they have that on lock. 
what people are doing when they come into the city and say hi to the truckers and thank them is they're refueling their hearts. And that is the, that's the big element in all this is we need to all help however we can. And the truckers are the, really the people who are taking a stand, right? Like our rights and freedoms are never given to us. They need to be fought for. Um, and, and it often requires sacrifice to do that. And these truckers, you know, I spoke to this young couple, husband and wife, they're 25, they're from Alberta. Uh, they do transborder trucking. He got his job taken away because they want to have a child at some point and they did their own research and deemed that getting vaccinated was not the right thing for them and i love that for them they should have this is what it's about it's about ha everyone having the freedom to decide what is best for them it is not about vaccines or no vaccines it's about everyone has this fundamental human right to make decisions for themselves and not be told what to do by other people um, and you know, the wife was a firefighter paramedic. She got fired for not getting vaccinated. So she became a trucker so she could, uh, do the trucking with her husband. Cause that was the form of work that she had available. And then essentially when their ability to work, to make a living was taken away because they refused to take a medical procedure, um, they came to Ottawa and they've been here since day one. And I go and talk to them every day and I bring them coffee and I did an interview with them. Um, and I'm setting up a session on Monday with them to go in there and explain Bitcoin and send them some stats from the Bitcoin community. And this is the kind of, this is how we won, mm -hmm. right? Everyone did their part. Everyone came together. Everyone said no. And really what I'm seeing is Canadians that are tired of being lied to and they're taking responsibility to claim their freedom. That's what I'm seeing, right? doesn't matter about your skin color or your religion or your opinion of vaccines. Everyone at the Capitol is a Canadian. That's what everyone here acknowledges themselves as. And they're coming together to say no, no to lockdowns, no to vaccine passports, no to all mandates that infringe on their fundamental freedoms. And they're doing it peacefully and they're holding their ground and they're demanding that the lies stop and that politicians honor the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. That's what's happening. And I think the beautiful thing is not just, you know, if that's the why, I think the more interesting thing is actually the how. And this notion that there's a fundamental difference between a street protest and effective nonviolent resistance. And this is a very important distinction that I'm learning, right? A street protest is a great way to have your opinions be heard, right? To tell people what you want, but it's not an effective way to actually create change. Um, and nonviolent resistance is actually an extremely advanced form of peaceful warfare. And this is what I'm learning. And it's an endurance game. And it requires a mastery of logistics and coordination, which is exactly what truckers are built for. And essentially, it works by destroying your opponent, obliterating them, not physically, but by identifying the elements that give your opponent power. And in this case, it's the media, it's trust, it's a functioning economy, and essentially removing all of those things and eliminating their power so that you win uh, by attrition. Like it's literally just a patience game. It's a siege warfare strategy. And what I'm witnessing is the most incredible demonstration of emergent coordination that I've ever seen in my life. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah, man. You know, we, we talk about these concepts a lot in, in the Bitcoin space. And, you know, we, we've often commented that freedom, once you boil it all down, is the power and the right to say no. It's not the right to impose anything on anybody else. It's simply the right to say no. Not for me. And, you know, so many people have been pushed to the brink. You know, like, you, I mean, I think we would both agree that we should have never have gotten to this point, but here we are, and this is how the world goes. And this group of people finally reached the point where they said, like, we, we're going to say no, because that's the only expression that we have of our own freedom. And the best way to say no is, as you said, not just march down the street with a bunch of flags and then go home out of it. It's to really say no, to make sure that the people that you're saying no to realize that you mean it, you know, like you're not, this is not a negotiation. I have my freedom and I, you know, and that's, the, that's the way it's going to be. And I, I got to say, man, like there's so many, th uh, there's so much I want to talk about, but one of the things that I'm just so impressed by, uh, is because you mentioned like they have to be masters of logistics and that's why the truckers are such a like a, a powerful force here but you also really have to master like the emotional psychological component of this and i don't mean like vis-a-vis -vis psychological warfare i mean i'm sure everyone at that protest protest 
has a tremendous amount of frustration and anger within them, you know, because they've been pushed to the brink, because their lives have been disrupted like this, because they've been so despicably mischaracterized in, uh, in the media, you know, particularly by the Canadian media, the prime minister, politicians in Canada, it's absolutely atrocious. And the fact that they are able to maintain the smile, the love, their, their calmness in the face of that, when you know damn well, you and I and everyone else, you know, would like to express that frustration in, in other ways, but, but having the fortitude, the courage, the strength to steal those emotions, because they know that the way that you win this is through, you know, love and unity and peace and simply saying no and not being drawn in to the games that they want you to be drawn into so that they can further uh, mischaracterize you and deride your character and, uh, you know, claim that you're something that you're not. And it, it, like when you get so many people taken together in such a tense situation, it's very rare that it can maintain that quality because, you know, it's, it's, there's somewhat of a powder keg element to it. And just to see, and I think this is why the media around it is so important and all these videos that are being shared on Twitter, because people are seeing the love and they're seeing the, the unity and it's reinforcing itself, you know, and like you said, these messages are coming in and people are saying, you know, like, keep going, stay calm, stay, you know, hold up that mirror to them. And that, that's, what, that's, that's what this is doing almost more than anything. And that's what the power of, you know, you, you have all these fake people in media and politics, you know, uh, claiming people are filled with hate and this is a hateful protest and stuff. The way that you reveal what hate really is, is you hold up its opposite, right? You hold up and you express love and just by sheer contrast the truth of the matter is revealed and i think one of the amazing things that's happening right now is the dishonesty and the corruption and the power and you know all those other things of media and politics and and all that is being revealed simply through the expression of love peace and unity that these truckers and people in ottawa and around the world now are expressing and it it's amazing like i'm it speaks to like some sort of transcendent aspect of reality itself, that that is the most powerful thing. And that's the thing that can conquer all of these other institutions and uh, entities of tremendous power, that this is the thing that can reveal what they are really all about. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And, you know, John, I really tried hard to be um, an observer while I'm here, right? It's very easy to get you know, there's points where I just get so excited and you go around and talk to people. But I think what I'm witnessing is so hard to express in words. The energy you feel when you go down there and, you know, you talk about a tense environment. I have not, I have seen but two tense situations the entire time. I'm there twice a day for almost four hours since the 28th. I am there all the time. I obviously can't be everywhere at once, but I have a team that essentially has quadrants and they let me know what's happening here, what needs to be done, what, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the energy is truly incredible and I think unexplainable with words. I've been telling people in Ottawa, like, I'm not even going to tell you what's going on. All I'm going to say is it's very important um, and you need to go down there and experience it because I will not do it justice. And like last night, I'm walking between trucks. I see people dancing. Fireworks are going off. I see two small kids. They couldn't have been more than like two or three dancing. And I didn't know where their parents were. I didn't know which adults were their parents. And, it, you know, it, it's such a blatant contrast. And I really think that when we show reality and when we channel our righteous anger for the past two years into an understanding, a shared understanding that love, peace, honor, and respect is the only way we win this. It's the only way. And if we veer from that and if we lose focus, we lose or we discredit what is actually going on. And there was radical alignment in the first couple of days, the speeches that were being given, people were literally, there was a chant that was done that was love, honor, respect. We said that as a giant group so many times. We essentially programmed ourselves that this is what we need to do. There will be many distractions. Do not be distracted. This is too important. And this kind of sanctuary in Ottawa, where there's freedom and love and everyone is actually, you know, I've stopped calling it a protest because I look at it and I see it as a celebration. Everywhere I'm seeing reflects a celebration, not a protest. And it's a celebration that people are coming together. And last night when I was walking home, there was a giant fire, um, like a big uh, can and there was a fire going on and everyone's keeping warm around it. There were pickup trucks waiting to back up with firewood, kids passing firewood to adults, bringing it to the fire pit. And I saw 
elderly, like old people, middle-aged people and kids standing around the fire and speaking to each other, not at each other and sharing stories and sharing history. And it was, these are the fireside chats that essentially contributed to the pass down of story through human evolution. And it's, it's emerging because of our corrupt liars that seem to think they have control. And it's, I mean, I really think that what I'm witnessing is the human immune system that is reacting to lies and corruption with love and with peace and everything they do. Like I really think I, I was really troubled by the GoFundMe thing this morning and last night. And I've I, on my walk this morning, I came to terms to, to realizing that it's actually a good thing. All it's doing is exposing corruption and essentially adding more motivation for the world to get behind this, adding more motivation for the important for people to understand the importance of Bitcoin. Um, and so it's like everything that happens is good, even if in the short term it's inconvenient or will cost money or energy in the long term. We're winning. We've already won people. Politicians just haven't relinquished their power yet. And we are here. I mean, I overheard truckers talking about how nice it's going to be when the days are longer in the summer. Like they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and you know, what's hilarious is the auto police have done a good job at stopping truckers from coming into town. But for every one truck that's in the city, there's one to 200 on the city perimeter. And it is essentially a losing battle because every time a police car is a little bit too far, a truck will nudge up, stop. They will create a, an unbreak, unbroken train and a dozen trucks will go through. And so they're seeping in and they can't be held back. And every one person that has to leave because they have to go back to work or they have a family, you get three or four trucks coming in. And they have bases set up around the city that are essentially being um, used for propane tanks, for donation hubs. Like they have distribution centers set up around the city. And this logistics infrastructure that has emerged organically with very little central co coordination is more efficient than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I think more efficient than something that could have been coordinated. It's incredible. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're gonna win because when freedom is at stake, losing isn't an option. Quitting isn't an option, leaving isn't an option. And if someone has to leave, five other people come to replace them. And what I've noticed is this, you know, this energy meter of how is the morale? How is the energy? During, on Wednesday every week is the most important day for me because that's when the morale goes low. That's when people have had to leave, right? People flood in for the weekend from surrounding cities. The energy is high, it's a party, it's a celebration. And then you have the lull in the week. And I think the first week was the hardest one, right? It was, it was pretty cold, we had snow, uh, we were still figuring out logistics, um, but now we're on a whole other level, John. And it's, um, you know, I, I think if I wasn't here, I wouldn't believe that this is actually something meaningful and can work, but being here, has completely changed my perspective and everything I'm sharing on Twitter, I'm attaching, this is how we won because it's actually, I don't even, I think it's inevitable. Um, I don't know how long it'll take, but the beautiful thing is the longer it takes for our politicians to take responsibility and the more people come to Ottawa, the more of a catalyst for healing we have so that when this is over, when this is over, we got to heal as a country. We have a lot of healing to do, but this is catalyzing the process of healing and building such strong unification of Canadians it's, it couldn't have been done another way. So mm. thank you, Justin, for being um, so incompetent and so divisive and so negative that Canadians came together in positivity and in unity. Thank you. Yeah, it's incredible, man. And you know that point, you know, I talk a lot about the more esoteric elements of Bitcoin on my pod. And the, you know, I often talk about how the, the idea of truth and love and God are kind of all like wound up together oftentimes, regardless of what, you know, your faith may be. And it really seems like, you know, this is just another example of how the light of truth, like with the GoFund, GoFundMe example, like, yes, it seems the initial reaction is like, oh, damn, less money to the truckers. But that may just be another manifestation of like the light of truth or righteousness or, or, or love revealing, you know, corruption and that kind of stuff, kind of anywhere that it expands to or touches. And here now, you know, GoFundMe has shown what they're about and and the truth of what they are and you know who knows what will happen maybe legal recourse will be taken and the funds will ultimately be accessed maybe they'll be re refunded and go fund me you know whatever happens to them bitcoin you know comes to the fore and more is being donated through those means which is obviously happening through you know the work you and the guys have been doing and it just it, it it's so beautiful to see that that process taking place that if you adhere to honesty and truth, 
and love and unity and respect and those things that you were mentioning, it, again, it holds up a mirror. It, it creates that contrast between anything that is not constituted by this, you know, in the same way. It, it, it just reveals the, the, na- the true nature of everything else. And I think that, that, is, that has such a powerful motivating impact, as you said, like, you know, how people are feeling about this, that awakens those very things in everyone who's exposed to it and who, uh, who sees it happening and it emboldens them. And it, it's incredible. Um, what, what is the impact though? You know, just speaking logistically, it sounds like not tremendous, but what is the impact of not having access to those funds for what's going on in terms of the costs of everything that must be uh, born for this to continue on indefinitely? So from what I understand, the way the GoFundMe is going to work is that all truckers or all individuals who are contributing to this sacrifice, this is a collective sacrifice in both our time, our energy, our resources, monetary, um, our machinery, like a trucker that's here is not earning money trucking. Um, Those, everything is collected. Truckers will register with a central database. They will explain the costs that they've incurred. They will submit their receipts and they will receive disbursements from the fund. The fund is not needed right now, from what I understand. People are donating, like people are paying for entire tankers of fuel to come to our distribution center for diesel, are donating this. They're not, you know, I don't think they're keeping their receipts and expecting to be paid. We, like I said, we, there's more food downtown um, than we can even eat. Like the, the piles of food are, are increasing in size faster than we can eat the food to deplete them, mm-hmm. which, you know, the other day, I observed it and I'm like, our supply chains are going to be cut off. People in Ottawa aren't going to have food. We're basically baiting people of Ottawa with love and with food to come downtown because the truckers will have food far longer than the grocery stores when all the main roads plug up and, and the logistics infrastructure is disrupted. So right now, not having access to that money is not, is not slowing this down at all. I think long-term financial resources will be needed in the long game, right? Yeah. Because people will need support in order to continue this effort. Um, and, and really all they're doing is slowing it down. Like I've, I've heard no concerns from the core leadership group that has a really good team of lawyers and a really good team of accountants that there's any risk of these funds being lost. The only risk is that they will be delayed with litigation, which can be just as harmful, right? Like this is a time-sensitive thing. Um, but what I can see right now is that the more corruption is shown and the more this is trying to be suppressed the more the human spirit steps up and brings whatever that money would have been spent on or provides it for free Mm -hmm. and so i really i have there's no catastrophic threat on the resources side of it when it's needed it will be a different thing but i have no sense based on what i'm seeing visually or what i'm hearing from the core group um that it's doing anything to disrupt this it's actually only making it stronger yeah which is kind of cool that's awesome. Um, you mentioned, or it, it, rather, it seems like not only from the outset was this very well organized and like people were very committed to it, right? Like they, they did. It's so funny to hear politicians be like, we hear you, you can go now. It's like, no, you don't get it. We don't trust you. And we don't care that you hear us because you're just going to go back to ignoring us once again. So we're here until you actually change. We don't care what, you know, what you're actually hearing from us. Um, so it seems like they, they knew that from the outset and they've been committed from the outset. This is a sensitive question and I will preface it by saying, obviously, you know, we've been expressing throughout this conversation why it's so important to remain calm and remain respectful and peaceful and, and you know, kill them with kindness basically and show, put a mirror up to their own you know, hate and corruption and control and that kind of stuff. But it's obviously not beyond the, you know, stratagem of governments to use violence because, you know, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, that kind of thing. What would be, to your knowledge, to your sense, whatever the response, if that entered into the calculus from the government side of things, like how would this respond? What would be the response? Yeah, and I mean, to your first point about this really not being taken seriously and being underestimated, uh, I really saw that dichotomy in like very obviously, right? I'm on the ground. I'm seeing what is coming here. I'm seeing how people are getting set up. I'm talking to truckers about what their commitment level is. And 
I'm seeing city officials and police essentially viewing this as a checkers game, right? They come, they try and be heard, they leave. And when I talk to the truckers, the first three days, which I think the city thought was it, uh, was the opening ceremony for a chess game. And them moving in was moving their first pawn. So that the, it was hilarious to see how it's not being taken seriously, but the people who are actually coming here view this as a chess game that can go on as long as it needs to go on. Because when your freedom is at stake, there's like, what's a year? What's two years? To be free for the rest of your life and sacrifice a year or two years and at a giant party for two years, like that's not that bad of a deal. So yeah, I saw that in plain sight. And then, you know, one thing I would say is that you talk about putting a mirror up, like love, honor, respect, kindness. You show that the other side will show their character. And I think we're seeing, I saw some disturbing things from Ottawa police, which I'm sure are being pressured immensely. But the honorable move is to resign before you say anything like the chief of police said. And essentially, they were admitting that they are going to purposely break the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which includes the right to gather peacefully um, and begin to use tactics that almost sounded like it was violence. Um, the mayor of Ottawa has completely betrayed this city, has completely betrayed Canadians and is demonizing this and is probably a big reason why the GoFundMe thing happened. So these people are showing their character. I'm, I'm hearing... You know, like the longer this goes on, the harder they're losing, the more extreme and radical their measures are going to be. But to, to date, uh, it's puffery. I think a lot of them are bluffs. A lot of them are words. I'm not seeing actions that reflect that. I'm speaking to police officers every day, uh, trying to lovingly get them to see that they're going to have to make a choice at some point. They are going to have to choose whether they are there to serve the people of Canada or whether they're there to protect the corrupt politicians. And it's funny because every day a police sits in their cruiser and observes what's going on and then hears the radio or watches the news, they are going to have a tsunami of cognitive dissonance to have to deal with, right? They're going to, it, the lies are becoming so blatant now that good people, which I believe, I believe in good people. I believe Canadians are good people and everyone has the capacity to be good, but they're going to have to make a choice at some point. And I think the choice is being made more and more obvious to them. And they're getting more and more uncomfortable. And at a certain point, people are going to resign and people are going to join this because this is the most important thing that's ever been put forth in Canada, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm hearing it, but I'm not seeing it as of yet. Today will be, I think, an important day because this is expanding and um, spreading. And it's very hard to keep a pulse on all areas. It's very easy for a small act of violence to be committed by people who are not part of this movement to be portrayed as violence from the movement. So that's going to happen more and more. But the volume of people coming in here that all have a cell phone, right? And from day one, someone went on stage and said, the way we deal with the media is we become the media. Mainstream media was banned from the press release, the first press release, because they, the people in charge saw radical misinterpretations of reality and some of the stuff these, these media companies posted, these government-sponsored media companies, and said, you're not allowed to be here because you lie. And we know you're going to misconstrue what we say. And so you're not allowed here. We're going to allow people who tell the truth to come. And that's how we win, right? We become the media. We put so much truth and love out there into the world, into the Twitter sphere, into the internet, that it essentially just drowns out all the lies and actually puts a, a microscope on the lies and shows how blatantly obvious they are. And so it really is, you know, there will be things that are put out there that is misinformation or twisting of the truth or acts of violence not committed by people part of this movement that are, that are said to be part of the movement, but people are smart. They're going to see through it, right? If you're looking for the whole story and you're looking for truth, you're going to find it. And it's just going to emphasize how much lying is going on. Yeah, I mean, I think so much of this just accelerates the d demise and distrust of the legacy media, right? Because right. they seize upon one flag amongst tens of thousands of flags, most likely a counter protester or agent provocateur. And, you know, newsflash, those things happen. And th that's all you see in the media. And the whole thing gets characterized that way. And most people will be able, I mean, that will just be another prime example of why you should not be trusting, as you said, these government sponsored media sources or government aligned media sources, you know, it's just, it, it's so ridiculous. But there was, I mean, there was an incident, I guess, last night where someone was, you know, struck by a, a car, right? And in Winnipeg, yeah. 
Was that in Winnipeg? Okay. It was not in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as you said, that stuff <clears throat> is probably, as people that aren't aligned with this, whether they be from the government or otherwise, you know, there'll be desperate acts and it was captured on video. And I understand the person was apprehended and, you know, on things go, but um, it's just, it's so great to see the, the, the degree of control and commitment that pe people are uh, exhibiting and holding to. And it's a deep wisdom to know that this is how you, how you win, right? Like you don't give way to the, the frustration and the anger and the triggering, and you just hold this line of, of, love, unity, respect, truth, and, you know, good will come of it. It's, it, I didn't, you know, I, I, I got to kind of say, I was a bit cynical that so many people had it in them, but it's, it's, and I think a lot of people are probably like that, which is why the response to this has been so robust and rejuvenating and, and it's probably spreading because people are realizing that there's a lot more people that value freedom just as they do. And that, that realize that things have gone amok things have run amok and that things need to be corrected and you know it's it's very inspiring yeah i think at a fundamental level people know the distinction between right and wrong and that distinction becomes less obvious when things are gradual right like you make concessions that don't seem significant and then you're asked to make more concessions and at a certain point you've made so many that to, to discontinue is hard because you've come so far right and but at a certain point, we draw the line between right and wrong, right? When, when there's blatant breaches of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, when I can't leave my country, travel freely throughout my country, or enter my country uh, without showing papers that I've taken a medical procedure that must be done regardless of whether I deem it right for myself, that's blatantly wrong. That's yeah. when people say no. And the courage and the fortitude it takes to channel anger into love is amazingly impressive. Right. Like, I actually think this can only happen in Canada. This is a civil war elsewhere. The amount of people and the difficulty in harnessing everyone's energy that is righteously anger, but must be channeled into love and peace and focus on what the objective is, is incredible. And essentially, I think what we're doing in Canada is writing a template for the world to follow and to say, this is how we did it. Um, you know, I heard a father go on, like, he was from the prairies. He got, he, this is a grown man, a tough looking grown man, broke down in tears on stage because he, he finally had the courage to admit that he was lied to. He was lied to and he allowed the liars to harm his family. His child, I believe, was harmed by a vaccine. And he's up there crying, saying, these people literally harmed my child. I am embarrassed to say that I was lied to and allowed my child to be harmed. And that guy is the guy going around spreading love. Talk about courage. Talk yeah. about discipline. That is it. Because that dude should righteously want to punch a politician in the face, but he won't because he knows the consequence of doing that is letting them win. And that's what they want. And so that message has been reiterated a lot, even amongst truckers, right? We're not going to be perfect, right? There are people that are part of this movement that will probably have outbursts. But if every single person around you, and there's tons of them, is holding you accountable and letting you know, this is what we need to focus on. Don't be distracted. Record it. Call get the police over here, they will deal with it. That's what's being done. And that is the key. That is the key core element, even aside from getting food or getting fuel is do not give in to hate. That's what they want to incite. That's actually what they're doing. Justin Trudeau is the most hateful person I've ever seen uh, in terms of his scaled impact. Yep. And he's going to project that onto us and try and demonize us. And we're not going to allow it because <clears throat> We're adults that understand the only way to do this and actually truly get this done, which, like I said, if I wasn't here, I wouldn't believe any of this. I wouldn't actually, I would be like, oh, that's a cool show of force, but I wouldn't feel fully confident that this is actually going to work. And being here and going there every single day um, makes me truly in my heart feel that we've already won. It's just a matter of time and the time it takes for this to, to actually happen uh, is immensely healing for everyone. And I'm meeting people from PEI all the way to Victoria. I'm meeting Americans. I'm meeting so many diverse people that I would have never met otherwise that I will probably be lifelong friends with because we all gathered here because we think it's important. And so, you know, I can't help but feel the beauty of what's going on, despite it being sad that we got here. Um, this is the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I look forward to telling my kids how we peacefully 
stood up to our government and said no. And I, I think once that's done, it gives everyone courage to do that. And it, we remember this, right? Yeah. And politicians remember this. And we build a better system that actually doesn't let us get to this point where politicians are held accountable, where politicians who are seen lying are fired, where media that's caught lying is eliminated, right? Where there's accountability metrics plugged in, hard-coded into the system to make sure that the people who claim to represent us are truly representing us honestly. And I think we're going to build a better system. And I think Bitcoin has a big part of that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think what's happening here will reverberate for a long time in, in many places. And as you said, man, it's, <clears throat> there's a, it's courage and love on the one side, and then it's cowardice and hate and division perfectly distilled and represented in the prime minister, Justin Trudeau, on the other side. And, he hasn't even know. showed up yet. How embarrassing is that? <laughs> he's, he's, but again, like it's perfect, right? Because the, the, right. the extent to which he is a coward and incompetent and divisive and corrupt and, and all of those things is just on full display. And maybe he right. thinks that, you know, all of his virtue signaling and, and everything uh, and mischaracterizations are hiding that fact, but everyone in the world can see it. You know, it, it's the most obvious thing. Um, but, you know, to the point about what happens after this, you know, and let's, let's presume that this element of freedom, right, where Canadians end up being able to make their own medical choices is, you know, victorious, uh, this movement to establish that, you know, obviously a lot of Bitcoiners would say, well, like, yeah, well, still a lot of problems, right? You know, the, the fundamentals of how we got here haven't been changed, as you just said. And I don't think anyone's expecting, like, all of this to happen at once. And, you know, some were, and I, I can appreciate why some Bitcoiners might be cynical because it's like, well, we'll just kind of, we're just on this hamster wheel. But as you just said, I mean, I think any movement that shows the power of love and respect and unity and, and the power and interest and dedication and commitment to something like freedom, nothing but good can come from that, right? It's, it's we don't end up in a hyper Bitcoinized world you know, on one big bang event, we get there by all these incremental steps toward people appreciating what Bitcoin represents, which is truth, which is freedom, which is, you know, optionality and all those things, which is a different approach to, to governance. And so I think all of these manifestations of those things help bring people around to appreciate more what those very principles are and, and how to see them in something like Bitcoin. But I'm interested in, you know, uh, knowing uh, in your conversations and the with the truckers and people at the protest, like how receptive have they been to your overtures of explaining Bitcoin and telling them about it and kind of, because a lot of people, it's very unintuitive for a lot of people, right? Pe people don't equate, you know, this weird thing that they heard as like a currency on the internet with like fundamentally helping to instantiate something like freedom, which is the very thing that they're fighting for. So how have those conversations been going for you? Pretty good. I mean, they're not a huge priority at the moment. Um, but what I will say is I've gone from zero understanding of Bitcoin, thinking truckers that think Bitcoin and crypto are the same thing to full on orange pilling, believing in freedom money, having a green wallet on their phone and having sats sent to them from the Bitcoin community. So Amazing. they are, they are, you know, like here's, here's my framing. What I've lesson number one that I've learned. My personal mission in life for the next five years is to get as good as I can at helping people understand or be curious about Bitcoin. So I've been try really trying to dial in like every interaction I have, what can I learn from that? How can I improve it? How can I iterate? The biggest insight I had is I, I need to talk to trucker. When I talk to a trucker, I need to develop a bond of trust before I ever bring up Bitcoin, right? So I, I get to know them, who they are, where they're from, why they're here. Often the first thing I say is, hi, thank you for being here. Do you need anything? One thing I've learned is truckers are extremely self-reliant. So they say no. So then I followed up by saying, when you're, what's the first thing you're going to need when you do need something? And then they think, and then they tell you. And sometimes it's a clean pair of socks or a pack of smokes or a coffee. And once I find out what they need, bring it to them and show that I am there to support them. You know, I wear a toque. My work uniform is, has Bitcoin plaster all over it. It has it here. It ha I have a toque that I wear outside. Oftentimes they'll notice the toque and say, oh, you know about Bitcoin or what, what, like they'll notice that they notice the logo and then it opens up the doorway. And like yesterday on my way home, trucker invited me into his cab. We took 30 minutes. We shot the shit. We got him set up with a green wallet and he has some sats now. And, and what I'm really reiterating with truckers is that 
right now the battle is for physical freedom, the freedom to have bodily autonomy, the, the freedom to physically move about the country, leave, enter. But the final frontier for freedom is actually monetary freedom. Because without that, we don't have physical freedom for long. We are still um, vulnerable to being brought back into the situation so long as we are financially controlled by our politicians. And so what I say is Bitcoin is the separation of government and money. It is money that is permissionless, right? Like he was surprised. He's like, oh, I don't know if I'll have enough time to set up like for me to register for this. I'm like, dude, you don't have to register. You download it like an app, like a game. And I send it to you and we don't tell anyone. No one knows you received that. And he's like, what? Like he, he kind of was amazed, I think. And the fact that it went like that in one second to his phone, his kind of jaw dropped. And I give him all my number and I say, if you have any questions forever about Bitcoin, call me or text me. I'm there. And, you know, he knows a lot of truckers that he was kind of like, wow, this isn't what I thought it was. And I know that he'll probably tell a few people and then they'll tell a few people. And what I'm really seeing as a big opportunity here is, you know, this new site that has essentially replaced GoFundMe is getting DOS attacked, right? There's so many people that our servers are getting overloaded. It's it, the donations are still going to get in, but there's a lot of friction. If we can use this as an opportunity to help Canadians or people around the world with a short video of how you can acquire $50 worth of Bitcoin and send it to truckers without anyone fucking with that, that's a powerful way to orange pill people using a firm mission of freedom to promote freedom money, right? To wake people up and show them the power of Bitcoin firsthand and, and from a functional utility perspective, not from a, this is gonna, you know, cause people just aren't, most people aren't ready to tear down their perception of financial reality that has been the truth for them for their whole lives. It's mm -hmm. too, it's too much dissonance, right? That requires touch points and sort of like, it's a, it's a, a battle over time of them getting touch points and realizing things are messed up and seeing things being messed up. But I think now we have a use case that can do this all of a sudden for a lot of people. So truckers are open to Bitcoin. You need to have a trusting relationship with them first um, before they really trust you enough to listen uh, um, about Bitcoin. Cause a lot of them are here about crypto scams and they're kind of nerve, they're apprehensive, right? Truckers are very simple people. They're hard workers, they're honest, and they really don't need you know, they're not going to get the fanciest tech app, right? The, uh, I'm generalizing, but I, from what I've seen, they're not really, they don't really care about the newest thing. Mm -hmm. But you get their ears when you talk about freedom money and when you really talk about what Bitcoin is and the role it plays and how it's different than crypto uh, and how it's sound money that we have for the first time that is now essentially disseminated throughout the world and we're only at the start, um, you get their ears. And once you send them sats, um, you've kind of orange pilled them. You've got them to level two of orange pilling where they own sats. And every time they pull up the app and they see the price of Bitcoin, they see what it's doing. And over time, number go up, they will get more curious. They will probably buy more sats and I will be available whenever they want to learn more. And I think BTC sessions doing a video for truckers about Bitcoin and like a series, um, would be very powerful. And, uh, you know, not only this, can this be a very powerful way to financially fund this effort long-term, Right. All it takes is one donation from Elon and we double the GoFundMe amount and we can distribute it to all truckers instantly. Um, and every trucker is going to buy Elon Semi, right? Like, let's be real. That's a good decision. And that's like him dropping a nickel, 20 million, 10 million, whatever. So it's going to take time. I don't want to put the horse before the, or the cart before the horse, but I really feel this has a lot of potential. And if we're early days, we have a long time to be able to show the world the power of this. But in general, if you frame it the right way, truckers are very open to it and I've had great experiences so far. That's awesome. So sessions, BTC sessions is doing a video to like help truckers familiarize themselves with a wallet and receive payments and, you know, throw up a, a receive address on Twitter. Like he, he's doing that now. Not quite yet. I'm going to bring it up to him. I'm in contact with him right now. It's about putting in place a multi-sig for the main wallet that we've organized because the yeah. funds are getting higher. We need to make sure we have a good strategy. So we got five people that are Bitcoiners, big Bitcoiners in the community, four people that are big Bitcoiners in the community and me. Um, setting up a multi-sig to make sure that we have the custody strategy laid out and it's robust and can yeah. tolerate, you know, a pretty high threshold. Um, but I'm going to bring up to Ben making like a really concise video that I can direct truckers who are curious to watch. Um, Man, that's... so it hasn't, it hasn't been done yet, but it's going to get done. Yeah. I mean, I got to think, I mean, anyone who's you know, like media production inclined in Bitcoin should be all over that because, you know, something simple, something to 
you know, you don't have to go deep down the rabbit hole. Just say like, Hey, this is what it is. And this is how you engage with it. And given your circumstance, it's highly relevant, you know, and just, as you said, you know, once you actually just show them what this is and what this isn't, there's probably going to be a a fairly favorable response or interest to it. And, uh, yeah, I I hope somebody picks up that one real soon and gets it out spreading around on Twitter. Um, I'm going to, I think I have a little bit I have more reps of interactions with truckers to do to gather information of how do we make Bitcoin relevant for truckers? And I'm even going to ask a lot of the truckers I talk to, how, what could I say based on your understanding of truckers and how they live their life and sort of like from your perspective, what can we do to concisely get truckers interested in Bitcoin and get their perspective? And once I have all this information, I can hand it over to Ben or I can just put it out um, to the Twitter sphere of Bitcoin Twitter. And I'm sure someone will be able to make a video understanding the target audience, who they are, what problems they have, how Bitcoin solves those problems, and really making a dedicated Bitcoin for truckers, entry level, zero to one tutorial to give them the truth about what this is and how it can benefit them. And once we do that, um, you know, it would be epic to orange pill all truckers everywhere and get them all realizing how important this is because of this event. Totally. Um, And even some footage of like, you know, with the proper privacy um, considerations, but even some footage of of those orange pillings, like truckers receiving payments for the first time, or download, of all of them. downloading the I, app and that kind of yep. stuff that can be put into a meme video or some kind. Like there's just, yeah. there's so much potential there. Uh, what, you mentioned the multi-sig that you guys have set up for the donations. Two questions about the tally coin thing. Um, how are those funds going to be, how and when are they going to be dispersed? And two, has it been the case already, or at what point do you think it will be that the organizers and the truckers, you know, cause once you're staring down, you know, hundred grand, 200 grand, 300 grand in donations in Bitcoin, you start to be like, wow, this is, this is quite the thing. You know, do you think just the scale of the donation in Bitcoin is going to perk up some ears within like whoever's behind organizing things? Yeah. So I'm in contact with one of the core organizers. He already understands the power of it. Right now, there's so much chaos going on and they're having to fight the misinformation and the legal resistance so hard that it's not the right time to have these discussions. But at some point, I will be a representative for Bitcoin and consult them on this is how we do this best. This is the work we've done already. Let's put one of your core people as a as a uh, multi-sig signer on this wallet. Um, and right now it's not really about how the funds are going to be spent because we have all the supplies are good. As far as I know right now, it's let's accrete a huge treasury of Bitcoin that can be used fully in the open and transparently with the people coordinating this when it's needed. Mm. And the reality is the longer we wait to use the funds, probably, you know, there's a chance that the funds could go up, they could go down. But, you know, my take on this is that. So long as the GoFundMe or whatever, whatever funding sources they have are sufficient to fund this and there's not an extreme need, we put these funds into a perpetual trucker endowment. When the world realizes that truckers in Canada set the world free, we should have a Bitcoin pipeline in place so that everyone, anytime in the future, can thank the truckers by sending some sats. And that endowment, maybe it's borrow against, maybe sats are sent directly to truckers, funds any truckers that need the funds or um, sacrificed and, can, and you know, shows that they sacrificed to be here and can have them sent to them. So I think that, I think that leaving them there, accreting funds, making sure it's done right so that there's no choke points and there's no vulnerabilities, um, watching it accrete and then working with the organizers to say, if you don't need these funds, the longer you can leave them there and the more we can structure a perpetual endowment that anyone can contribute to any time, to thank these truckers when the world realizes what they've actually started, what they actually done. Um, I think that'd be really cool. So right now it's more just put the framework in there, accrete, let the world know that this is a viable, uncensorable, unfuckwithable source of funding for these people. Um, and then I will be sort of the liaison from the Bitcoin community to the trucker um, coordination group, the lawyer, the accountant, the, the, um, the leaders, and sort of translate how we do this best practices in a safe way and the utility it has considering all the other pushback they're getting on all the other fronts. So right now it's just have it in place, let people know, let people support, and uh, we'll be fully out in the open and transparent when these funds do start to get used. I have transferred a few funds to a hot wallet that I use on the ground to send trucker sats, uh, but it's relatively small amounts in comparison to what we're accumulating now with TallyCoin. Right. Man, that's awesome. Um, 
I know I want to be careful of the time here. And first of all, um, or somewhat in closing, I'm not like, you know, your breaking news type of Bitcoin content creator sort of guy. But, you know, if you want to, I feel like we should keep this dialogue open while you're on the ground there and doing this kind of stuff. So if at any time in the next week, month, however, however long this is happening, you want to come back on to just kind of give us a real honest on the ground update on what's going on and, and how the Bitcoin stuff is progressing, you know, definitely hit me up. I'd love to, I'd love to do that. Um, has, is there anything else going on that you wanted to kind of discuss or clear the ear on or, or notify people about? No, I think Twitter honk, honk, hodl um, is the, and really make sure the typing is correct. Cause there's going to be some scam scammers. Accounts. Yeah. Um, honk, honk, hodl was organized by BTC sessions, brilliant branding. Uh, it directs to Tallycoin, which allows you to do main chain or lightning donations. Um, if you go to Bitcoin Stoa, stoa.com, there's a link in the menu that says 2022 convoy coverage. And I do an update there every day. I look at my field notes that I've taken on my phone and I just port them in to give like a daily update of what's going on, any significant videos, stuff I'm observing. It's not super detailed. It's really bullet point and quick. So I'm putting in an update there at least once a day. Um, but John, thank you for giving me a stage to speak and, you know, share the story of what I'm seeing so far. I think when this is all done or further into it, when things settle down and have reached like a stabilized state, um, I'll be able to kind of decompress and unpack my mind and tell maybe a more detailed and sharpened story of what's going on. But, you know, if we do a quick one an hour next week or once a week, I'm totally happy to do that if there's enough stuff to report. And uh, to everyone out there, I, you know, a lot of people are saying, how can we help? And obviously you can send sats and, um, you know, you can send messages of support. I think the biggest thing everyone can do to support is be a force for truth. Find things online on Twitter. You know, we got hashtag Freedom Convoy 2022 and hashtag Trudeau's Truck Stop, uh, which are good ones to follow. If you see something beautiful, if you see something truthful, spread it. And if everyone spreads truth, we cannot be reckoned with because the world spreading truth dilutes the lies that media are putting out like a thousand to one. So just spread truth. Um, if you hear misinformation or people bringing it up, maybe just ask them where they heard it and sort of challenge them on doing a bit more work to understand because everything I've seen so far is love, honor, respect. And it's pretty amazing to see, John. It's, um, I look forward to synthesizing what I've witnessed here when we're free and telling the story and hopefully doing a good job of it. But in the meantime, people like you, you're helping massively by putting this out there. So thank you. And I look forward to chatting again. Well, amen to everything you just said, man. And uh, thank you mo more so uh, for being on the ground and being such an honorable, helpful person and Bitcoiner and facilitating this stuff. Uh, nothing but respect and kudos for, for your involvement in this. And, and obviously you can extend that to everyone you interact with on the ground. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to uh, another chat soon. And good luck. And yeah, I, I hope to meet you someday because, uh, you know, you seem like an awesome dude. Cool. Likewise, we're winning. We're winning, everyone. <laughs> we're going to win because love wins and truth wins. And it's amazing. 100%. All right, brother. Take care. Cheers. See ya.